Welcome to this week's edition of Tuesdays with Torah with Rabbi Mayor Bodner. Every week we'll explore some Torah values that will help us grow, understand, and be more successful in our lives and relationships. We try to hone in on subjects and ideas that are not readily known or available and explore and enlighten them through our Torah scholars of past and present to get a better understanding of what the Torah wants from us and how we can greatly enhance our lives, goals, and relationships with others and Hashem. We welcome your comments and suggestions and we'll try to incorporate them in our show. Here's Rabbi Bodner. Hope you enjoy. Shalom Aleichem, everybody. Welcome to Tuesdays with Torah. Shkoyach, everybody, on the shtatvus of the Simcha. Whoever didn't come, we know who you are. We uh, are going to uh, give you uh, 10 points off. <laughs> um, but, no, uh, we, everybody, it was, it was far. It was, I really appreciate everybody coming and joining in the Simcha. And uh, it was very, very special. Uh, dancing with you and sharing, sharing the party. It was it was not a bad party, no? Elio, no? Yeah, the guy saying chuppah was pretty nice too. I'm sorry we didn't have that uh, thing after the chuppah. We were supposed to have a uh, that shidduch meet and greet, but it didn't work out. Um, anyway, yeah, no, actually, there's 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 shatchanim do that after they have what? Yes, everybody's yeah. dressed up. The food is there, you know. And we just we didn't set it up in time. Okay, so uh, welcome back, everybody. It's a, it's a really pleasure to be back. We missed last week with Shevabrach, so I wasn't here. Um, so moving right along, we're so happy to uh, welcome, by the way, our guests that are here. Guest or guests? We have two. We have another guy, uh, Mr. Gold from uh, Detroit. And I've got your name. Sorry. Yeah, so welcome, welcome. Okay, because our topic tonight is about guests. So we're, we're, it's no coincidence. Yeah, Bashert. There's no, there's no coincidence that also it's the beginning of L. It's, it's, it's today is, is not Gimel L. It's Bezel. Tonight is Gimel, right? But today is Bezel. It's right in the beginning of L. And we're talking about the, the topic that the Peleoites is talking about is, is so apropos to, to El. You'll see why soon. Okay, so we're up to Gimel, which is Ger. Ger, there's three types of Gerim. Ger is a convert, but yeah, it's convert. nothing, we're not, there's other types of Gerim. One, the one type of Gerim that he talks about is us. <coughs> we're all Gerim. What are we are Gerim? Gerim means a sojourner. Did I say it right? Sojourner is somebody who is passing by. We are passing by in this world. We have a very short existence in this world. And, and we have to keep that in mind, the Peleite says, because when we concentrate on building our empires here, and we forget about building our empires in our retirement uh, world, which is many thousands of times longer than our real world, I shouldn't say real, our physical world, then uh, we'd be wasting our time. It's like the guy who goes back, and after his, his trip, and he, he, he brings all the currency from that uh, country, and it's worth nothing where, where his hometown is. So that's what we, we're doing here. So the famous story of the Chafetz Chaim. Chafetz Chaim, there was a uh, traveler that was an affluent person. He came to the Chafetz Chaim, and he saw his, 
his threadbare uh, chairs. It was wasn't even threadbare. There wasn't even any, any cloth on it. There was hard stools and hard chairs and rickety table. And he said, "My dear Rabbi," he says, "Why can this furniture is unbefitting for you?" He says, "Why?" He says, "I'll I'll buy you nice furniture." So the Chavetz Chaim turned to this affluent person and he said to him, "My dear friend, where's your furniture?" He says, "My furniture." Yeah, let, well, let me see your furniture. He says, I don't have furniture, I'm traveling. I'm just, I'm just here traveling. So the Chafetz Chaim says, yes, exactly, that's why I don't have shirts. I realize I'm traveling in this world. I'm here for a short time. I'm not building my empire, my furniture. I'm going to have beautiful furniture. I'm trying at least to have beautiful furniture in, in, in my retirement home. And that's the world to come for many, many years. So... Of course, we're not on the level of the Chavetz Chaim. We can't. We can't be so, um, so, so, so uh, you know, lofty. But we can keep that in mind when we, when we're building our, our stuff. So the problem is is getting used to uh, luxuries. The Peliyot. It's amazing. The Peliyot was written. This is a rabbi that was written for the newcomers about 240, 50 years ago. The, the longer we're doing the share, the more it becomes. We started from 2.30, and now it's a 2. <laughs> but um, but uh, he, he was, um, Rabbi Leza Papa was, was a writer that wrote this advice. His, his Peliotes was a book of advice, right? And how to, you know, live our lives the, in, in the, the most meaningful way. And he wrote this 230, 40 years ago, and it's still relevant. Everything that he says is still relevant in the modern time. It's amazing. So he, he writes like this. He writes that when you have a problem, when you're getting used to luxuries, it's a problem because then you have to have it. Okay? Now, I don't know if you guys are a little younger, but now my age guys, right, a lot of them, you know, are got used to, let's say you get, you get uh, business class tickets, right? We started out, you get it on, on the low, low tier points, and it's great. You get you get business class tickets. It doesn't cost you so much. It's, let's say it's a few hundred dollars more if you if you you know value add the, the points to the dollars, and and it's great. The only problem is, and it's a real problem, it really is, because when you do it all the time, you get used to it. You can, it's impossible. And many impossible. And many friends they can't afford it. They 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 could be learning in Kolo, and they but they had it a few times. They cannot fly regular class. And it's sad because, uh, you know, what do you mean? They're not going to go to Israel because they can't get business class tickets. Or, they're not go- or alternately, they, they, a lot of times they're going to spend more than they have because they can't get the points tickets. They're going to spend $4,000 on, on, on a ticket. It's a waste. And I tell them, listen, don't get used to it. It's nice to have once in a while, but don't get used to it. So whether they say, I'm a big guy, I need it. I say, I'm a big guy, I need the business class tickets because I have, you squeeze in for a few hours, right? You get there $2,000 richer, okay? And then... The big guy in coach next to me didn't have a problem. <laughs> exactly, right. You know, usually, I'm, usually I'm sitting next to the big guys, you know, in, in, in the, and I'm in the middle seat and there's two big guys on both sides. But anyway, it's not, it's, it's traveling. It's not meant to be, you know... It, Traveling is in the Gemara's times. That's why, by the way, Sukkot is coming up. Zahalach, I bet you didn't know this. You're, you're allowed to take out a sandwich on Sukkot, Chalamoid. You can't fly there. Sukkot, Chalamoid, and eat out of the Sukkot. 
because you're traveling. You're traveling. It's a, it's a difficult, you know, time. A lot, a lot of there's a lot of different halachas when you're traveling. So you can't get used to luxuries. The same thing go, goes with um, with with designer clothes. You know, you start to buy, you get a great, you get it. You know, I'm not saying whatever. And some people say, well, designer clothes they don't mean anything. That it's not true. I've I've had a, a suit or two. It's it's a it's a big difference. It's It's not worth the money. But they cut much better. They are have they are better quality suits. Them, yeah, there you go. You can't compare, right? You have you put it on. You see, but what happens is you put it on, right? Years and years ago, I got the Ferragamo suit, and then it was hard to get used to the regular suits, you know, because it was cut nicely, it was clean, it was you know just it was a different, you know. But uh, but that was you know it was a special sale. But you get used to luxuries, you get used to designer clothing. Just now by my chasana. I, uh, my machut is a very nice fellow. My machutin, my, what's the English word for machutin? There is no English word for machutin. There is no English word for machutin, by the way. Because they don't have, why? why? Why does there no English word for machutin? Machutin means is, my daughter's married a guy. The guy's father is called my machutin. Now, and the guy's mother is my machutinista. But they don't have a word for it in the English language. You know why? Because in the English language, it's, Larry married Molly, and it's Molly's parents. There's nothing more. But in the Yiddish world, in the Yiddish religion, in the Jewish religion, we're creating our future with these people. So mechutin means something that's very close. We're, we're mechutin. It's a very close, the closest relative. And um, anyway, that's just a side thing. But anyway, my, my mechutin, as a joke, I told him, he says, you're all prepared for the wedding? I told him, I said, no, I'm missing my tie. He sent me, I had, he says, I bought a tie for you. He actually bought it for himself, but he, he won. He said, I have a tie for you. He sent me a picture of a Hermes tie. He says, this is a gift for you. And it looked gorgeous. It was beautiful. It was, with, it was like just the color was nice. It was just this very subtle design. And, you know, and I thought a little bit, I said, no, I'm not going to do it. First of all, sign of my is here. You know, I don't want to, you know. But second of all, once you start to get used to it, that tie was about $350. I don't know if you know how the Hermes is. But um, I said, no, I'm, I'm not doing it. Because I don't want to get... I want to enjoy my $50 tie. You know, it's a, to me, that's, that's beautiful. That's nice. And once you start going over that level, you start spending money. Yeah, you don't spend that much. No, for a chasana, right? for a wedding, yeah. Um, right, right, David? Because once... You, I'm te- right? How many friends do you have that have to buy that stuff, Right? They just have to, and they, and they spend. Most people spend who are who are shopping in, in sacks. They're spending money that they really don't have. They they really stretching. And if they do have, they should be saving it for, for whatever. Anyway, so this is the Pelayites. So this is the Pelayites saying 240 years ago. What they have? They didn't have designers 240 years, but they had fine clothing. And and he knew the human nature. He was very into human nature, and he knew that. Once you start to get used to these things, it's very hard to stop. You, you want to start, to, you know, to, to you, you want to go camping. It's a very healthy thing. It's nice. You get used to. You come back to your bed. It's geschmack. It's beautiful. Now they have glamping. Camping is not good. It's glamping, you know. So, um, so that's that's what that's what happens when you uh, you know you know what that is right. <laughs> now 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 that's uh, that's that's the Pelias. Amazing, amazing. Anyway. So he says, not only that, 
tell you it talks about glamping. <laughs> he says he says he right? <laughs> listen to what he says. He does talk about glamping. I pre- listen to what he says. Listen to what the Peliot says. I'm telling you. He says as follows. Just the next thing he's saying. He says as follows. He says that Avram Avinu, I skipped one thing I wanted to say, but just to answer you, Avram Avinu was a very rich man. You know who Avram Avinu was? Our father, uh, we have Abraham. Abraham, oh, Abraham and Isaac, right? So Avram Avinu had a, he was a very rich man. He became very rich, extremely wealthy, right? Guess what? He stayed, he lived in a tent. And don't tell me there weren't beautiful houses. There was the Tower of Babel. There was the uh, there was there was houses there. There was mansions. The kings lived in in in, in mansions. It's brought down. The, they, they had these mansions. They had inns, right? He stayed in an inn. It wasn't a tent. It was it was uh, it was a three story uh, Hilton, you know. <laughs> okay, Motel Six, you know. But still, it was a it was a building, right? Who wants? He lived his whole life in, in a tent. He could afford a mansion. He could afford a house. This is my land. This is my sojourn. I'm a sojourner. I'm here. It's good. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't want to get used to the, the luxuries of life. So talk about glamping. You know, yeah, his, his tent was, uh, was, was his house. Um, but the, the another plus with, with doing that and not getting into it is because when you have to live up to all the luxuries, you're... you're Chasing your tail, making, trying to make money, right? You got to pay your mortgages of all your houses and and, and, and your vacations and your car, you, you know, lease. I know people. I know somebody who has a lease. I think it's it's over three thousand dollars. It's uh, you know, it's crazy. But you know what happens is, um, you you begin on you begin on running around, you know, and then you don't spend the time with your family, with your friends. With your spouse, with your, even if you're living at home, your parents, your your children, and they're busy chasing their tail, and they think that if they're going to run, this is what he says. He says if they're going to have vacation, that's good for their kids. But I guarantee you, your children would much rather than have a vacation in the Swiss Alps is to sit and everybody out the entire time is to sit. I guarantee you, you sit by the supper table. And you look at that child in their eyes and you ask them about their day. There's nothing more valuable than that. There's nothing more special. You don't need the money for the Swiss Alps. You don't need the, the, uh, the vacations in, in, in uh, Bahamas. It it's, might be nice, but it's so much more valuable when you're not running around and you're home for dinner. And you're sitting and talking about the day. You're opening up yourself. You're telling your kids, you're telling your, your spouse, your friends, your wives, not wife, your <laughs> coming back from Dubai, you know, like uh, so um, so it's this is what's this is what's valuable in life, and you're you're much better off. So this is um, this is the Peleides of of what you know you know. There's a story of the fisherman. I don't know if anyone was. It's a famous story. The guy is sitting and fishing. A guy comes over and he says, how many fish you catch? They says, I don't know, five, between five and ten. He says, you know, if you would have two fishing rods, you could catch double, right? He says, okay, and when am I going to do that? He says, well, you know, you could, then you have the third fishing rod, and you could catch, instead of ten, you could catch thirty. And he says, and then what? He says, well, then you're going to make a lot of money, and then what? He says, then what you could do is you can buy, um, buy a boat. And, and then what? You know, like a little rowboat, and then go out. And then hire somebody, and then he's going to have three fishing rods. And then what? 
and he goes on and on. Then you're going to get a bigger boat, and you hire three more people, and and then what? It says, and, and, and then you're going to have a fleet of boats, and you're going to have a, you're going to be the, the next Dugham. You're going to have a whole. You're going to sell to all over the world, and then what? He says, and then you'll be able to just retire. He says, and then what are you going to do? He says, you'll go fishing. <laughs> right? He says, uh, that's what I'm doing now. So uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Like, so so there's not, this is not a, a lesson to just chill your whole life. Obviously, you know, here. But it is a lesson not to chase your tail and, and run around and trying to, to, to get to the next level when you, you could learn how to enjoy life in the simplest sense. Learn how to, if you do have... You put it away. It's 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 a beautiful beautiful life. Hashem made beautiful life, and look at look at how you, you know people go to it. It's true. They'll go, uh, you know, rich guy sell everything. He'll go. He'll sit fishing. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Look look at the water. Look at the uh, you know the, the the nature. So that's there's another there's a um, another kind of gear. So that's the first kind of gear. we're all gerim. We're living. The other type of gear is actually a real gear. Somebody who's a gear. It says there's a Torah, there's a mitzvah in the Torah to be nice to Gerim. And there's a fascinating, the, the, the Rambam has a fascinating um, halacha. And the Rambam says as follows, he says it's a fact. And it's true, by the way. I, I don't, he doesn't need my haskamas. The Rambam says that most Gerim will go back. So if you have a hundred Gerim, people who are converts, they will turn around. That's why you have to push them away so hard from becoming Jewish because once you become a Jew, you, there's no turning back. So every avera, every sin that they do is going to be a sin of, um, you know, whatever, of, of Torah, of us. But if, if you tell them, don't do it, and, and they let, enjoy life, do whatever you're, you're, you're doing now. You want to have spirituality? You could still pray as, as, as a non-Jew. You could still do... Certain mitzvahs. Do you know how hard it is to be a good uh, Noite? It's not easy. As a matter of fact, Avram Avinu, the Nefesh Asher Asbacharim, by the way, was teaching them Noites, not necessarily converting them. And how do I know that? Because why didn't they come down with him to, e- to, to Egypt? It was only his family. They were good Noites. He was teaching them about God, about, about um, you know, uh, honoring God, the, the seven laws of, of the Noites. So, there is no reason to make them... Ju- However, the Pelagius says, and the Rambam says this, once they do become, even if you're saying, this guy, not, that guy, he's not going to last. There's no way. There's a chiyav, there's a mitzvah to go out of your way, to be nice to him, to buy him stuff, to drive him places, to give him a good pillow, to, to, to always help him out, sit and talk to him for hours, the, even if he's going to eventually go back and turn back his ways. That's, that's so important about, uh, about a gerim. They gerim is a very person who's alone. They don't have, like, Hasidic people have a grade. They have a sect, you know, Bells or Satmar. And they're all together. There's a very certain beautiful comradeship that they have that, that even, you know, even sometimes a lot of my friends, they say, yeah, a lot of things that doesn't make sense and I don't agree with, but, you know, this is my people, so I put up with it, you know, like, and and it's true when you have you know when you have somebody you you'll put up with people saying that you don't have a good sense of humor right it's because they're your people they're 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 connected to you they're we're, we're all part we're right they wear the same shirt uh, yeah that's true also yeah yeah right you know so so a gear doesn't have that can you imagine can you imagine that can you imagine the loneliness uh, you know we shouldn't but it's 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 there's nobody in the world 
for them. That's why it's so important to be, you see a ger, and I, I, read, I read once an article of, of, of a ger who was, actually he wrote a whole article, how, and he was crying about how he was so surprised, how he thought he'd join the, the nation and everybody would welcome him in, in, with open arms, and he was saying about how people looked at him and he did this funny, and they, and they commented about how, well, you're acting like a true, you're acting too, you too this, you too that. A lot of criticism, but no love and no and no and no warmth and no enveloping him into the into the Jewish people. So it's very very important, no matter how strange and how funny that they they look and how the Pelayot says we have to do our part to welcome them. Anyone knows any gayrim? Let's bring him in. Okay, good. So I didn't leave a voice message before the share that I was going to invite my girlfriend. So I don't know if I can. <laughs> anyway, um, next the next the third Pelayot, and then we're going to get quickly onto El because. The third gear uh, that he talks about is welcoming guests in shul. Right there we go. He talks about this a lot, many paragraphs. He says that the Torah tells us that that's considered a gear also. Well, how does he say? Kigera yisi be'eres nachria. You were a a. He was talking about who was he talking about? The yidden. The yidden were and and not only that, we have to be certain nice to um, to Egypt Egyptians, right? Egyptians that enslaved us for for 200 years, we got to be nice to them because they welcome us into their land. What do you mean they welcome them? We were slave laborers. But they didn't kill us. They gave us food and they, we survived. So there's a certain a sense of gratitude that we have to have. And the same thing goes, so we're all Gairim and therefore when we come to another place and we, you know, you, walk, you have a, so guys, next guy that walks into shul, you never saw him before, run over to them, say come here, let, let, let's, let's find a seat, you know, don't sit here, sit over here, no one's going to bother you here, and if anyone bothers you, just kick him out, you know, um, uh, don't, don't leave, there's great kugel, and then chant afterwards, um, what's your name, you know, and then don't, then don't talk anymore, because then we have to dive in with no talking in our show. So, um, this is very, very important, and it's, it's, it's a very, very big schos, and it leads us right into El. El is a very, very opportune time that we have a chance to come back to Hashem. The Medrash says that Hashem is like a ger, a, a, a sojourner in the field, like a king that's lost and he's, a, he's, a, he's, he's wandering around in the field. So we have a chance to run over to the king and say, King, you're lost. Let me help you. Let me find you a seat. Come into my house. And we have to, of course, have a house that we're not going to be embarrassed having the king come in. Right, if there's stuff laying around our house, right, or, or or boxes, you know, electronic boxes there that that don't have on the, the nicest things, then you know it's embarrassing bringing you know Hashem into our house. So we have to clean up shop this month. This is a month. It's an opportunity, and um, one of the things that we can do is is realize that that this is our chance. Because this is what happens. Rashi tells that the first day of El today, which is yesterday actually, first day of El, Hashem told Moshe to go down and get to, and go up and get the second luchos. El is about second chances. We had we have forty days, and the forty days, forty days can is like is like the Yitzias of Lad, right? Before a child is born, forty days beforehand, it takes time to form. Hashem calls out that this child will be destined to be something. So we want to 
we want to change our destiny. We can change our destiny during during these forty days until Yom Kippur. What's thirty days of Tilvah Shana, and then another ten days. So that's a very very opportune time. And um, one of the things that we could do, I saw this actually in Aish. It was very interesting because I could relate to it. Is that somebody was saying is that you know it's a good time to start if we ever had an ex- exercise routine. It's a very opportune time to start back our ex- exercise routine. We got a little bit lazy over the summer. And um, I personally, I like to run. You know, I don't do too much. But um, we have Ellie Skolnick right here. One of our guys, you know, Ellie Skolnick? One of our older guys. And this guy is a runner. This guy is, he runs like 11 miles a day at 7.5, whatever. Really, 7.5 miles an hour, which is... Extremely, extremely fast. But I'm not saying to get to that level. But it did help him with a lot of things in life, get over certain things in life, and it could help us as well. How? Number one, you know, nobody feels like getting out and, and running or doing exercise or whatever exercise is, is what we want to do. No, right? It's a very hard thing. When we do that, we're breaking, we're, we're breaking our natural instincts of just couch potatoes and we're getting up we're doing what we have to do so right off the bat that's that's something which which shows us that we can do it we had something we didn't want to do we knew that it's the right thing to do and we did it and we, just the same way we did that we could do that in, in coming to davening we, in, in coming to uh, in, 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 in not answering back somebody who says something in, in controlling our other desires and not eating what we, what we don't want, not supposed to eat, and not looking at what we're not supposed to look at. Still, the summer, right? So, we are. We are. That's a very, very good thing to do. If anybody starts exercises, it's 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 great to do. Another thing is, you know, when you start off that, that run, it gives you the rest of the day. When you get up early, you have to get up early. You have to you make it to work. You get up early. You do that run. It starts your day off on the right foot. It's, it's, it gives you, when you run, you have endorphins that are released into your body, into your mind, that gives you that extra adrenaline. It's like a drug. They say it's like a better than any drug. And it's uh, any, any, any exercise does that, as long as it's uh, aerobic or it's... Uh, so it's a very, very opportune time to get back into exercises. And uh, that's the start. So the, the main thing is to understand... That um, El is 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 a time where Hashem wants us back. Hashem wants us to come back, and He's giving us opportunity. Right? We know that El stands for Anila Daidiv Daidili. I am to my beloved, and my beloved is to me. That is what El is. Even though we think of it as a day of judgment, it's a tr- terrible judgment, but um, it's it's a time to come back, to come closer. And one of the things that we have to do to come closer is, and, and this Chazal say this all the time, is to make ourselves valuable to our fellow Jews. And that's going to stand tremendous value in court. And even though, you know, there's many different, like Mashalim, stories of, of the boss coming to the, uh, coming to the store, and he says, we got a, we got a major cut, it's, it's COVID, and... Uh, you know, we got to start start cutting uh, cutting our, our expenses. And he sees that that guy at the door, and he says, "What's he? He's not he's not stocking. He's not selling. What's he doing?" And he tells the manager, "We got to cut this guy." He's, the manager says, "No, no, no, no. That guy, you cannot cut." He says, "He might just look like a guard standing by the door, but he has such a personality. Everybody that comes in, 
He smiles at them. He remembers their name. He asks them how they're doing. He uh, he is he's, he says tells, tells them a joke. He cheers them up. That people actually told me that they come to the store because they know that Albert's here. They they come to see Albert, and that's that that's a draw. He says you're going to lose fifty percent of your business. And the boss says, "Whoa, of course, yeah, yeah, of course, of course." Uh, that that guy's a, don't ever fire that guy. He says, he says no, "No, no, we weren't planning on it." But uh, the point is, is that the same thing by us. Hashem wants to see, yeah, we might not be doing anything. You know, we might not be uh, doing what we're supposed to be doing, all the laws and whatever, but, or correct way, or haphazardly, but if we're we're good to our fellow fellow Jews, our fellow people, and we're good to the world, then that's something which stands on on our right to to help us, keep us here, and uh, keep us healthy, and keep us well. Because that's what Hashem needs. The world needs it. The world needs that person. The world needs its sweet to, to, to be nice to people, to help people, and, and to, to, to be there for them. So that's, that's the L. I end off with this story I saw, an amazing story. There was a, um, a fellow that um, he, he, he made, he invented the, um, it was in the 1880s, and he invented dynamite. And he became very rich from it. And his name was Alfred Noble. And um, one day, it was in France, and he sees the paper. You know the story? The paper, I never knew the story. The paper uh, reports a big headlines in the obituaries. The obituaries was like us, a whole section. And the most famous person, and there was a big headline. And the headline read as follows. The merchant of death is dead. Because his dynamite was used in actually in bombs, it was used in in, uh, in in blowing you know things up. So that's how that's where it came from, right? That dynamite blows out. So he because of that he, he caused a lot of deaths, a lot of dismemberment. You know, this is uh, caused a lot of uh, a lot of harm. I mean, he didn't do it on purpose, but there's also good things that he did with it. But uh, and and the 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 whole paper went on to say. How you know the, that he made the, the dynamite? It killed many people, and uh, over the years, he's uh, see he's the uh, he's the merchant of death. And uh, the only problem was is that the, the paper made a mistake. This was in, in a French paper in 1888, and Alfred Noble did not die. His brother Ludwig died. <laughs> they made a mistake. But meanwhile, Alfred is looking at his obituary, and he's saying, "Oh my gosh." Can you imagine look, reading your own obituary and it's not so good? He says, this is, this, is what the, this is what they're saying about me. But except Alfred had the opportunity to change his obituary. He says, I'm going to change my obituary. I'm not dead. I, I still have time on this world. And I'm going to spend that time changing that, that this is not going to be my real obituary. And what he started doing is, he changed and he says, how can I, how can I what is the best thing I can do to, to dedicate and to, to encourage peace on the world. What is it? Very good. He created the Nobel Peace Prize. And he took all his money, he made a lot of money, he took all his money, he lived very whatever, he took all his money and bequeathed it to this society this, this, that, that created the Nobel Peace Prize. And it said, you know, the person who, who does the greatest um, service to the world for peace will get this I think it's a million dollars it was it was years ago now it probably went up with inflation it's a million dollar prize 
world recognition, and he blew it up. He made it very, very famous. And naturally, when he died, I think he died 12 years later, his obituary was totally different. The Alfred, the head of the Nobel Peace Prize, the, the, the world... Uh, unfortunately, he couldn't get his own Nobel Peace Prize because, you know, he died, but they wanted to give it to him after his death, and he changed it. So, he was able to do that. Not all of us are able to do that, but Elul is a time that we can read our obituaries. Elul is a time that we can change our destiny. We have a chance in Elul where Hashem is close, and, and makes it much easier for us, that Hashem says, you know, let's change it. Let's change. What are, what are they going to say about us? Let's think about it. And sometimes it's not very, it's not a good feeling, you know. Wait, what, let me scratch it. Let me think of something what are they going to say about it. Yeah, let's change it. Let's, let's change our obituary. Let's make sure we should live many, many, many years. But at least we should look towards, not because we care, you know, what, what people say. As a matter of fact, by Levias, you're not even supposed to say too much. You're not supposed to lie too much because it looks like the guy's there and the guy says, uh, you know, it's up in Shemayim. They say, we know what the guy did. The guy gave, didn't give, you know, more than 10 cents to Stucky. He's saying about Stucky. Come on, it looks bad. It's worse. But if, if somebody does something and, and the schusen that he has will change everything. So let's use his L wisely. Let's take our second chances and run with it. Try every day. What I, start, I, I have a suggestion. Um... It's, we just started L, so we could catch up to it. I just started. If we say Tehillim, it's a nice thing to do. I don't. We, I used to say. Now I stopped. You do Tehillim. They break up the Tehillim Yom uh, every day of the Chodesh. It's about ten chapters, not that much. Ten kapitulach every day, or maybe less. And you could we could finish Tehillim by Rosh Hashanah, just by saying the Yom. And it's the, every every Tehillim is broken up into different days. So we can catch up our two days. Tomorrow we can just spend a little more time. And that's something that we can realize this is something we can do. We should have an amazing, amazing L. And of course, I don't want to stop. You've got to remind me in the beginning to thank our wonderful, wonderful sponsor. Our, uh, this uh, was sponsored by Avi and Shira Tenenbaum. The Ilan Nishmas Nechama Ben Moshe Nachman Ben Moshe and uh, he should be a male Yosha and, and, and he should have Nachas from uh, Avi and Shira and the whole Klai Yisrael. See you next week.